Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield. And this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Crazy. Hey, hello. And welcome to the first full episode of 2022. I hope everyone's recovered from New Year's Eve and that they're raring to go. But firstly, thank you to our Patreon supporters, without whom we would not be able to make this podcast. And if you're a new listener, we purposely have no adverts. As a podcast listener myself, I know how irritating those can be. But the downside of that, we have to fund it ourselves, And we do that via Patreon. So if you like what you hear and you think you might be able to contribute, go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile. You'll find a Linktree drop-down box which directs you straight to our Patreon site. And you can help keep us going for as little as £3 a month, which is just a cup of coffee, right? But that said, if that's not for you or you're just not able to, that's fine. This content is free for everyone. But back to this episode, which is episode 160. You'd think I'd have got the hang of it by now. Well, today... I'm speaking to Potter and Great Pottery Throwdown judge, Keith Brimer-Jones. And funnily enough, a couple of weeks ago, when we had ceramicist Patrick Colquhoun on, I did think to myself, then we've had hardly any ceramicist or potters on. And I do love a bit of pottery. So I thought I'd get in touch with a couple that I know, being Claire Partington and Carolyn Tripp. So I invite both of those guys on. And lo and behold, the next day I saw that the... um, the Great Pottery Throwdown was coming back on. So I reached out to Keith, asked him if he'd be willing to come on. And lo and behold, Bob's your mother's brother. Here he is. I mentioned to Carolyn Tripp that he's coming on. And she said that he's real good fun. And that I should go over to YouTube to have a look at the videos that he produces to run alongside his products. And man, I recommend it. They're proper funny. I won't tell you about them because we mention them in this episode. Yeah, so this is a real good, fun conversation and definitely a great one to kick off 2022 with. Keith and I have a proper good old crack. So please, come and join me over Zoom as I spoke to Keith Brimer-Jones. 
we've we've sort of grown out of it now. So I, I mean, basically, I have a studio in Whitstable, and um, and then I have a studio in China as well. Yeah, so but we're we're thinking of moving to Wales. So I was going to uh, say China then. No, 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 <laughs> don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I love I love it, China and that um, on 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 the kind of ground level that I work at. But no, I could never live there. It's a, it's a change in place, mate, isn't it? Totally. They're culturally and, uh, you know, their sense of humour is completely different. Everything is completely different. Yeah. Whereabouts in Wales do you fancy? North or South? Well, we put an offer in on a chapel in, um, oh, nice. in North Wales. Yeah. Um, for us, it's, I mean, I used to go up to... Um, I used to go up to Wales every single year for, for holiday, yeah. but South Wales, Pembrokeshire, around that way. So I know that area really well, but but for us, it's all about the building. So uh, as much as we'd like to have been in South Wales, North Wales, this place came up and it's just amazing. So um, it's got pigeons living in it at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been deserted for quite a number of years. So it's a big project. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And do you need a large studio for yourself? Not necessarily, but um, but the but this studio in Wales is massive, and this it's two halls, and and it's great. It just means that we can really do quite a lot. Uh, yeah, you can diversify. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And when you when you got the room, it makes other things available, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Well, and also things that we can we can bring the community in. Yeah, us. nice. So I mean. Coming back to Whitstable, that's the kind of problem I have with Whitstable. It, it's sort of left the local people behind. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and Marge said to me once, she said, you know, it's all very well seeing Range Rovers and Porsches driving down the high street. But when you start seeing McLarens, you think, <laughs> hang on a minute, the place has yeah. really tipped over the edge. And it's yeah. like, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of a one, really. So, um, yeah, I, and I'm not kind of that kind of bloke, really. I, I, I like to be... Uh, I like to be embedded in the community. Nice. And, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'll talk to the forklift driver as much as I'll talk to the banker, you know. Yeah. And, and if lockdown taught us anything, it was that, you know, um, the studio here is big enough. It's like, it's quite a big studio. This is upstairs. This is just yeah, all nice. upstairs. And uh, and, um, and downstairs is the clay. And yeah. basically we, we held up, Marge and I held up here in the studio and... Um, I just went downstairs and potted about with clay all day. It was great. And, yeah. it, you know, it, it just, we, we just didn't really need to be, you know, you, you, you're right. You don't need to be in an office. I mm. mean, God knows what's, I think it's fundamentally changed the way people are going to work from now on. And for the better, I think. I think so. I think you're right. I think, I think that work life balance has come back to the fore and yeah. people are realizing, hang on a minute, why am I spending two hours a day? traveling to and from work it's it's a nightmare yeah and loads of people as well Keith <clears throat> bringing it into sort of like the arts and crafts loads of people had that bit of time that they never had before to say yeah. I want to learn the guitar and I've got the yeah. time now or I want to do whatever whatever learn to paint learn to draw play the saxophone whatever Pottery. Yeah. yeah yeah everyone exactly. had um that bit of time that they'd never had before you know yeah well, I've got seven questions that I ask each guest on here. Okay. And they're very simple and straightforward questions. Am I wearing underpants? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, the go first, on. Yeah. The first being, <laughs> how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? Oh, uh, well, in a way, it's fairly simple. Um, I'm a potter. That's what it says on my passport. 
Um, and that's what I've done the whole of my professional career. I've left school and, and because of because of the practicalities of of where I was, you know, I didn't go to art school. So I never had one of those end of year degree shows yeah. that launches you into kind of gallery mode. Um, I basically just um, made cups, sauces and plates because I knew that's what people needed. And and I designed and made for the retail industry. Um, and it was all handmade that back in the day, I'd be throwing about seven to 900 mugs a day on the wheel. And then, um, and then I teamed up with my business partner in the early noughties. And um, we, t we formed a company called Make International. And I now design and make for, for our company uh, and have a studio in China. So everything gets scaled up um, from, from, from basically my wheel, yeah. I saw that studio in China. I was having a little nose around on uh, on Google and YouTube and whatnot. Yeah, it's a, I, I I didn't know the, the process of industrial throwing. Yeah, it's quite amazing, isn't it? Yeah, basically, there's 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 a number of ways. I mean, you can do slip casting, uh, you can do jiggering, jigger and jollying, where you know a minion just puts a mold into a they call it a cuphead into a steel sort of holder. You throw the clay in. And an arm comes down. That's the and one I saw. Out, yeah, I've never seen that the before. Clay, yeah, yeah, and basically, yeah, that's what they do. Um, and and obviously, for me, it's quite important to um, with with certain things, with certain ranges, to emulate that kind of handmade feel. Depends yeah. depends on the style, and it depends on the whole whole sort of uh, concept of the of the range. But for the porcelain, the word range that I do, the mugs with the little words on, yeah. yeah um the irony being i'm dyslexic um, <laughs> but but um the uh, dom took away one of my handmade pieces that's my business partner um and said look i'll see what i can do with it and i didn't uh, hope, hope much uh, for what he came back with but what he came back with was was quite amazing and it really did emulate what i was doing within the studio and it was quite incredible and i just thought for a toff because he's a toff um, I thought, wow, that's amazing. What does this bloody cough know about pottery? Yeah. But he 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 managed to find and source a factory in China that could uh, that could do it. And obviously, you know, the clues in the name China, as yeah, exactly. China, they have been doing it for thousands upon thousands of years. And when I first visited China, it was just it was quite incredible. It's um, it you know, it, it's an amazing it's an amazing place and an amazing country that, that that you that i visit and um and yeah they they've been producing china for for that literally thousands of years yeah. yeah did you have any creativeness or 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 the arts within the household growing up uh yeah i suppose i suppose my mother was quite artistic i mean she's she was a cookery treat teacher by trade but she she dabbled in 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 drawing and art as a as a child, but that was never really pushed upon us, and I I didn't really know that much. I mean, my father was very much into sport. He was um, he was in the army. He was going to play for West Ham after he left nice. the army, but back in that, that those days, that wasn't really a proper job, um, you know, football yeah. player. But he was a very keen tennis player as well. He played at Wimbledon in the in the under twenty ones and all wow. that kind of thing. So he's very keen. So. Not really, but but I just I I but basically I mean I've told the story many times, but but you know I I touched my first lump of clay at school at the age of eleven, 
that first year in secondary school and and never looked back. That was it for me. Um, it was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Like a religious calling. Yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly yeah. what you mean. And it's I remember when I first used clay, and I was in my, what was I, about 27, 28. I mean, I've probably done it in school like like everyone did. Yeah. Making a little thumb bowl, you know. Yeah, that's it. But when I first made, like, I think I first made a slab vase, at first you're a bit bit wary of it, and, and you realise that, that the, the introduction to it is so simple, and it's it's for, for anyone and everyone. Yeah. And then... But within a within a few weeks of of doing it, you realise just how bloody difficult and technical well, it can be. Well, no, that's it. I mean, you know, I've been doing it now for more than forty years, and and I feel I've only literally just scratched the surface. Yeah, uh, it's it's quite amazing, and it's it, it's such a tactile, without getting too hippie nightmare about it. It's it's a very tactile, sensual, um, you know, touchy feely kind of kind of material, yeah. and it's amazing, and and. You know, you don't necessarily have to be good at it, but it, what it does allow you to do is just immerse yourself in the process of making something. And and I think that's that's the thing. And I don't often tell this story when when we did the first uh, series of the Throwdown. Um, I used to have potters coming up to me after you know when I'm doing demonstrations up and down the country, yeah. and they'd say they'd say to me, you know, you know, Keith, I, I, you know, I open the studio up at the weekend and I the public come in and they go, oh, 20, 20 quid for a mug. I'm not paying that, this, that, and the other. And he said, since the throwdown, they come in, and they, they now buy two of it, two of them without even thinking about it. Yeah, and okay. it's, it's that, that sudden realization conscious or subconsciously yeah, that yeah. they, that they, they realize how much work goes into making something. And it's, it's incredible. And that, and that now has a, has a really good mainstream value to, yeah. to, to people. And that's and, wonderful. And for people taking part on the wheel, it's tremendous. It's, it's just such a joyous thing. Yeah. Because, yeah. You, I mean, I had a very slight woman showing me how to use the wheel. And as you can see, I'm a big old boy. Yeah. My hands are going like that. And she's saying, just hold it tight. And it, it I was thinking, well, I know I'm strong, but this yeah. bloody piece of clay is beating me, you know. No, it's all, it's all about technique. It yeah. really is all about technique. I remember I did a... <laughs> I did a I did a clay workshop in a in a prison, uh, Rochester prison, and I that's was where in, I learned not in Rochester but in Swellside. In, not in the prison. Yeah. No, yeah, that's where. Oh, I was. in the prison. Yeah. All right, that's where I, brilliant. That's where I discovered art in there. All right, fantastic, and uh, and yeah, and I was and I was uh, I was in there with these eleven lifers who were doing pottery a pottery session, and this bloke he was massive. He was slightly he was slightly taller than me, twice as wide. And I got him on the wheel and the kind of wheel disappeared with his physical presence. <laughs> and uh, and I said in my campest voice ever, I said, right, you be Demi and I'll be Captain. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen his face. It was brilliant. It was fantastic. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't go, you'll end up being a fucking ghost if you keep on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was great. And it, it you know, but it can be for everyone. It literally can, and it's fantastic. And that you know, it's it's not for everyone, yeah. you know. But but if you if you have that kind of epiphany moment of touching the material, it's amazing. It's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, I was talking about this exact same thing just yesterday morning with uh, another part of Carolyn Tripp. Oh, right. And yeah. um, 
I was saying that that when I had the confidence, I'd thrown a few little things, so I knew how to center it and pull it up. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to make a goblet to the to the tutor. So I wanted a sort of little, I don't know whether you call it a stand, but a, a little stem. a little neck, yeah. Yeah. And then I wanted to come out and make a goblet. Yeah. And I've still got it now, but it is an ashtray. <laughs> <laughs> We've all made ashtray. <laughs> yeah, because when I, I'm not, I'm no longer a smoker. Yeah, people used to come around and they, got, and they did really like the ashtray. And um, so then I sort of told them that it was initially a goblet, but goblet. it fell off. But I didn't have the, the heart to get rid of the bit that was still standing, you know. Brilliant, brilliant. So I've got a goblet. <laughs> but yeah, that's where I've, I've discovered art was in prison. And, yeah. you know, here I am. 20 years later, you know, an artist and, and what have you, you know. Fantastic. So, yeah, good has come out of it, you know. Well, that, I mean, that's the thing. And I think, you know, I mean, I, I bang on about art and education and everything. You know, it, 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 it's, uh, to coin a phrase, it's, it's criminal what's happening in, in education at the moment, that, that you know, art uh, subjects, creative subjects in school aren't getting really the proper funding. No. And because, you know, half of us are academic, Half of us are artistic, and, yeah. and there's uh, there's a huge swathe of, of well society in general that aren't being allowed or given the opportunity to really express themselves and do something do something with it. I yeah. I, I did a talk uh, many years ago now, and it was a believe it or not, it was a, a fringe conservative party conference. Not not that I'm that's not my political persuasion. But I was asked to go and speak in, in front of about 600 school leaving kids, you know, 17, 18 year olds. And um, and the, the head teacher who, who'd done this thing, she said, um, now, you know, at the end of this, at the end of the talk, you might get a, a few questions that might be a bit embarrassing or a bit, you know, a bit personal. Feel free not to ask. Them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, you know, Anyway, this bloke from Stepney puts his hand up and he goes, excuse me, sir. He says, how much do you earn? So anyway, <laughs> I extolled the virtues of doing something creative and yeah. making a living out of it. And I, I could sense I wasn't really cutting through with these these kids. And so I, I, I just paused for a moment and I, and I said, and I swore and I said, but do you know what? I said, my main goal is to be absolutely fucking shit-faced locusts. <laughs> and, and there was this pause, and they all went, yeah! yeah and it's brilliant. because I, I, I want to get across to them that, that just because you do art, it doesn't mean that you, you're you poverty-stricken or whatever. You can make a decent living out of it. It's bloody hard work, but you yeah. can. It, it's, 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 an, it's another opportunity. It's not, it, it's not, a, it's an alternative to doing, you know, to being a bank manager. It yeah. doesn't, it doesn't have to be something that you have to suffer for your art. Yeah. That's, that's a load of bollocks. Well, I'm, I'm on a, um, a, I'm a trustee for a couple of charities. One of them is, is down in Margate and it's called, right. the, and it's called the 16 trust. And right. it does exactly that. It goes into schools and shows the students the creative possibilities. Yeah. Brilliant. Because it's, it's not all about the person, you know, making the pottery, painting the painting or chipping away at a sculpture. Sometimes it's the person putting the stuff in the kiln or loading the camera for the photographer, you know. Absolutely. Showing them the whole 
the, the, the peripherals of, of the artists themselves, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, but that's the thing. I mean, you know, what have we all been doing in, in lockdown? We've been watching Netflix, Amazon. Exactly. You yeah. know, what the hell are, what are all these skills? You know, it's not just the actors on the screen. It's no. the prop makers. It's the, it's the cameramen. It's the sound men. These are all creative subjects. Yeah. And, and these are the things that have been keeping us sane. Yeah. Well, I go into prisons and give talks to the to the cons in the hope that how art changed me, because I was a career criminal. Yeah. How art changed me literally overnight. So much yeah. so I even call myself a born again artist. Right. But right. Yeah. I, I try to do that for, for others, you know. Yeah. And they say to me, but oh, but you only have uh, you know, you earn your money out your art when you're dead, you know, that sort of thing. And um, I'll say, look, I've got my freedom. I don't look over my shoulder anymore. Yeah. And I'm earning more than £9.70 a week like you guys are, you know? Yeah. No, that's it. Exactly. I, I weren't knocking them. I'm just saying I'm not in jail, you know? No, and that's it. And, you know, it's like that's that's the way to approach it as well. To, you have to talk to people on their on their level. You have to talk, you know, and, and uh, I think that's the thing with with a lot of artistic subjects. It all becomes a bit highbrow and it yeah. and it doesn't have to be no, like that. No. And, and, you know, the more we can sort of talk to people in a really practical kind of way that makes sense, um, they'll get it. They understand yeah. it. And, uh, and and that's and that breaks down barriers. It's just great. In the art world, the YBAs of like Damien Hirst, Tracy Emin, and those guys done that in the nineties. Yeah. And in in your world, and I'm I'm not too au fait with with the pottery world, but was it Emma Bridgewater? Yes. Now, yeah. Now she brought it down from because most people who don't know anything about pottery and ceramics, we just think of Wedgwood and the the big names. Yeah. yeah. And then you have someone like Emma Bridgewater who who puts her designs into the high street. Yeah. Um, and That's yeah, that, that makes it look to us that it's more accessible, you know? No, absolutely. I mean, you know, and, and, and Emma, I mean, she'd say this, uh, she'd say this if she was here. She wasn't a potter at first. Yeah. Um, she had to be convinced to do it. And she's done an amazing job up in Stoke. She, you know, if you ever visit her factory, it's 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 marvelous. I mean, you know, her her work's not my cup of tea, but you've got to hand it to her. It's fantastic, yeah. you know, what she's done. Um, and, and she's got a visitor centre there. She's got a, a place where people can paint their own ceramics and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. it's wonderful. And it just makes it really accessible to everyone. Yeah. yeah that's what like myself and, and there's so many of us who have been in jail and are now in the creative world, be it artist, poet, musician, whatever, whatever. We all sort of speak about prison and criminality in the same tone. We don't glorify it or anything like that. No, and no. And it's always chipping away at, at people who are derogatory towards people who have been in jail. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've 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 come to the conclusion. Uh, you know, one of my mantras in life is never assume anything, and and never judge a book by its cover. Really. Yeah. You know, and 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 the only way I can relate to people is is basically face to face. Never assume anything about anyone. Uh, it's the death nail of 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 being open minded, really. Yeah. I mean, your your career. You started off as you say. You was an apprentice, a clay boy. Yeah. Is that what they're called? That's brilliant, yeah. brilliant yeah. name. Yeah. Clay boy. Um, so you started off as a a, a clay boy school at leaving age was that yeah no so so i left school at 18 because i did a levels fuck knows why <laughs> um, 
but I did A-level pottery um, with the idea of going on to Harrow uh, uh, well, College of Art yeah. or Camberwell because they both had very good um, pottery courses at the time, back in the 80s. But I got a job as a clay boy, actually, in a, in a pottery outside near Watford called Harefield and uh, sweeping the floor, making the tea, shoveling the clay. And for me, fortunately, it was uh, it was a place where, you know, uh, Robert and Alan, my two bosses at the time, what they didn't know about pottery wasn't worth knowing. It was yeah. brilliant. We used to make our own clay body. Uh, we used to have lo loads of different types of kilns. It was a fantastic place to learn. It was a bit like learning. It was like being on a building site. Yeah. It was very physical, yeah. um, but it was fantastic. It was really good. Yeah. And then you fast forward to today, you're pretty much a household name. <laughs> and, and and for people who aren't in the pottery world, and it's it's down to the um the the great pottery throwdown. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's been running for a few years now, hasn't it? Yeah, so we're we're uh, the the fifth episode comes out in January next year, and uh, on Channel Four, and uh, yeah, it's been great, and it's it's been really good to see how it's grown. Um, and um, you know, when I was first asked to do it, um, I, I was in a band in the eighties, so I was a bit dubious about showbiz. Yeah, um, and anyway, this guy um, approached me from Love Productions, Rich McCarrow, uh, and he said, "I'm thinking of doing a." like a bake-off version, but for pottery. And I was thinking, really? Yeah. That would be like watching paint dry, surely, <laughs> pottery on telly. Yeah. But lo and behold, the, it works really well in the format, and it's and it's just grown and grown and grown, and it's it's been great. And, and what it does is it really, as you've, as you've already said yourself, you know, it really shows the skill and the, the tenacity and also the imagination of, of, of who... Who, if you do pottery, what 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 you can achieve? It's brilliant. Yeah. And for, and for for the general public, it gives them an understanding. Like you mentioned earlier, they will look at that mug for eighteen quid in a in a, a craft shop and yeah. understand why it's worth eighteen quid. That's right. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. And 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 what I find fascinating about the show and what it does and what it highlights is that you know all. Obviously, they give us something at the judging bench at the end of every week, but it's the process that it's taken for that to go through. Yeah. And that, I think, is with any creative subject is is the real dark or that's the amazing thing about anything creative. It's the process it takes to get to that end result. And yeah. that is incredibly it's brilliant for the mind. And it's 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 brilliant to 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 to, you know, actually take that on board as a process it's it's great yeah really good and having people like um like johnny vegas for instance coming in yeah and well, i mean i was aware you know years ago that that he uh he was a potter himself yeah but people won't be aware that people like him off the telly you know because we just think that they've been a comedian all of their life yeah yeah because that's how we know them isn't it you know <clears throat> no abs <clears throat> absolutely excuse me absolutely um you know Vivian Westwood, apparently she's a massive pottery fan. David Attenborough, he's a wow. patron of a, a pottery, uh, a potter. Um, you, you, there's, there's loads of people out there. In fact, funnily enough, I just got a message from a guy called Matthew Lillard, who plays Shaggy in the Scooby films. <laughs> massive Hollywood actor. Who Brilliant. knew? He's a massive pottery fan. Excellent. Brad Pitt. He's a pottery. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. You know, um, His nickname's Clay Pitt. 
Very good. Very good. Yeah. No, it's uh, better than cesspit, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, but no, it's it, it's amazing, and it's uh, and the reason why that you know people get into it, as I say, it's because it's that tactile, you know, that earthy nature that that, that ceramics pottery has. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yes, it's brilliant. Yeah. And it's, it, it is, I mean, I remember from, as I say, from when I started doing it when I was in jail. And it was a thumb pot, first of all. And I was like, this is easy. Rolling out a slab pot. Oh, this is easy. And then, as I say, just a, a short while later, it was, my God, why is it so difficult? In a, but that was in a range of maybe like five days or something, you know. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a great, that's a great stage to be at when you suddenly yeah. realise that actually it's not that easy. That's when you know you're getting somewhere. Yeah. Because what you're doing is you're, you're, you're slowly realising the nature of the material and thinking, bloody hell, you know, you've got to wait for it to dry. I've got to, you know, uh, there's certain clays that are, are, are easier to work with than others. And, yeah. You know, all that kind of thing. And it is, it's, it's incredible. It's, uh, it's getting to know your material. And I think whatever creative thing you do, woodwork, you know, um, painter, you, it's knowing those materials that you work with. And you you never you never learn everything. And that's yeah. that's a wonderful feeling to have, actually. Well, there's a prison arts charity called the Kersler Trust. Right. And the first thing, and you obviously, um, they put on an exhibition every year for people who are detained. And the first thing I put, up, put in was a... Um, a a slab vase and uh yeah there's that they put an exhibition on in london and there was like me me mum went up to the gallery and took photos of it on the pedestal and that brilliant and, yeah proper pride and it's, it's still sitting in me front room now you know all the fantastic years later. Yeah, yeah 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 superb so you've got a, a very varied career from clay boy and or unknown clay boy to yeah. pretty much household name yeah today. yeah during those two points what was there any anything or any point that has got a strong emotional connection? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, um, as you probably gather, I do get quite emotional when I look at certain pots, Brilliant. and um, and I think for me, what it really is is because I can completely and utterly empathise with the person who's made said piece that, yeah. that I'm now looking at. And uh, because I know how bloody hard it is. And I know, especially on the show, they're under pressure. You know, they're pushing the envelope. They're, they're doing stuff that they've never really done before. And I, and I really, really admire that. And I think that's fantastic. And it's, and it's something that, um, that, that, that I can really identify in my own work. You yeah. know, that feeling that you're never quite good enough, that you, you, you know, you can always do better. Um, and, and, and here are these guys uh, and gals um, showing what they've made 
at, at the end of every week, not in, just in front of me and Rich, but in in front of the whole nation. Yeah. And it's, that's a very brave thing to do. And and quite frankly, I think that's maybe, you know, I don't know if you've come across it in prisons or whatever, that that puts people off. No, no, no. I'll be shit at that. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not even doing it. You know, and it's that fear of failure. Yeah. It's that fear of failure. And um, and it's like, no, you've got to fail to succeed. Yeah. It's, it's the way forward, yeah. I've got to a point now, when I get opportunities come towards me, uh, and, and I had one just a couple of weeks ago when I was asked to, to host a poetry evening. All right. And my initial response was, oh, my initial thought was that would be a great night. It was at the Royal Festival Hall. And yeah. I thought, oh, that's going to be a, a good night. That'd be... And then all of a sudden, the the insecure boy in me was going, yeah. oh, don't do that. that you know, that's going to be scary, intimidating. Yeah. And, and then I, when I think that to myself, I go, no, I've got to push it because there's opportunities can come of it. It's, it's, a, it's something that I've not done before. You know, you're going to get so much from it. And it was, it was a great night. Yeah, yeah. And you've done it now. And yeah. you know you can. Yeah. I, I, had a, I had a similar thing the other day. Um, I was asked to do Celebrity Mastermind. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Fucking hell. <laughs> the worst fucking experience of my entire life. It was... <laughs> It was absolutely awful. <laughs> was it what was it, it was scary or you just didn't Very scary. Yeah, no, it was it was it was brilliant. And and the and the host is fantastic and everyone was great. Yeah. But now I've done that, I know I could do anything. Yeah. I was I've been asked to do a, a reading at Rochester Cathedral for their yeah. carol nice. service. And I and before me reading out aloud, it's not a great thing. Um, you know, I've always struggled with that. Um, and actually, now I've done Mastermind, I would do anything. <laughs> it's a bit like you. Now you've hosted at the Royal Festival. Yeah. Hey, you know, anything else is a breeze. Oh. And, and that's and that's maybe that's why these things are, are brought to you, because yeah. you do them, you overcome them, and you think, wow, I've got a little bit more in my confidence bank now. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Well, then, you know, like, and you'll be, you'll be well aware of happy accidents uh, yeah. in, in your game. The, the Poetry Evening that in question i was listening to a podcast on the way you know taskmaster yes program. Yeah, so i was yeah. listening to a podcast about taskmaster and it was ed gamble was talking to nish kumar right so anyway i've got to the royal festival took it all off i've gone inside put my phone on silent and now i'm i'm my, the first time i've got in front of the podium in front of this you know dame this and sir that you know yeah. um, i've said my little bit and i've tried to be a bit humorous and then I'm starting to read out a poem. And I felt like, I don't know if you had it when you was a child, I felt like that 13-year-old standing up in the English class reading 1984, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So intimidating. Totally get it. And then I had a speaker either side of me, about six feet away. And then as I'm speaking, I could hear voices coming through the speaker. And I'm sort of looking at it. I've looked down at the person who sort of um, was organising the evening. I've looked sure. at her. And she's shaking her head as if to say, like, well, it's not coming out of there. And as I'm like reading this really emotional poem, yeah, I thought to myself, that's Nish Kumar and Ed Gamble. It turns out it had fucking started in my pocket. Oh, it was, <laughs> even though I'd put it on silent. And I've put I've pulled my phone out and I went, I do apologize. It's it's a, a podcast I was listening to. Ah, um, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so and people were laughing. So it, it 
relieved the pressure from that very no, absolutely poem, no, you know? fantastic. and it went yeah. down it went down the storm and people come up to me afterwards saying about how funny that accident was so you couldn't have planned it no you couldn't exactly. have planned it brilliant exactly. yeah fantastic <laughs> how do you relax keith uh uh i eat <laughs> i like <laughs> eating yeah i relax food. in that manner i love food and i love uh yeah, I love just being with friends and uh, and having a ha having a bit of a drink and a bit of a laugh and and walking. I like walking. Uh, I walk a lot a lot along the beaches here. Yeah. Uh, there's a great walk along the White Cliffs of Dover, which is nice. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I was once asked by my therapist said, well, you know, what do you do as a hobby? And it's like, hey, a hobby? What? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am I am a bit of a workaholic. Um, so. I, I very, very rarely kind of relax, but when I do, yeah, it's it's walking or or, um, or drinking or eating. Yeah, that's 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 how I like to relax. That's a, I'll tell you what, that's an awful good way to relax. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to take up. I'm going to take up. I'm going to name them as relaxing occupations myself. Yeah, you know, eating and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I walk and I walk. So I can eat, so I can eat more. Yeah. <laughs> well, funnily enough, I live on a council estate. It's like a, it's not an island, but it's got main roads in yeah, a big yeah. triangle, and it's five kilometres. And last year, I was going on this five-kilometre, three-mile walk, but it always ended up. I've got a McDonald's opposite, and I start near <laughs> there and end near there. And one time, I was um, I, I had a look to see how many calories I would burn walking three miles. Yeah. And then I looked to see how many, how many calories a Big Mac was. And yeah. it was round about the same. So I thought I could walk for that hour and a bit, end up at McDonald's and have a have a Big Mac that was free, you know. Free. Cancels out. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got, I've got a question here, Keith, that I ask artists. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure how it would go over to the pottery world. Yeah. It is. Um, if there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? So in your world, um, it is pretty much that um, question of, you know, potters you would have round for dinner, you know? Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's, that. it's fairly simple, really. One of them would be Lucy Ree. Um, she was from Vienna. Uh, she was a refugee just before the war. Um, very famous potter. Um, uh, a complete inspiration to me as a potter. Uh, another one would be Hans Koper, um, C-O-P-E-R and H-A-N-S, Hans Koper. He was amazing. And he, funnily enough, shared a studio with Lucy Ree. He was, I think, he, I believe he was Polish. Um, again, came over in the war. Another guy would be Isaac Button. Now, Isaac Button, uh, he was uh, a potter sort of in the... Uh, sort of uh, 1900s to 1965. Uh, and and I, I cite him in my book that I've, I've got a book coming out in February next year called A Boy in a China Shop, funnily enough. And, um, and Isaac Button was a, was a great country potter, uh, a bit like me. You know, he'd dig a ton of clay in a day and then throw it all. His bloody mm -hmm. human dynamo, amazing guy. Um, uh, who else? Uh, uh, Potter wise, uh, probably a bloke called Michael Cardew, um, because he's had a an amazing life. Went to um, went to uh, Africa 
and did a lot of work in Africa. And um, and then a final one. Oh, let's see. Uh, let's see. I'm not going to say Bernard Leach because he's a bit of an arrogant. He comes across as a bit of an arrogant tosser. Um, he's he's dead dead now. God bless him. Um, but he was a, a, a massive force in the ceramic uh, studio pottery world. It would probably have to be someone like um, Alexandra Gallo. Um, look him up, Alexandra Gallo. Um, he does some amazing figurative work. And we met him, Marge and I met him in a, in a ceramics conference in, um, in Australia that I do. And um, he takes pictures of certain people and then he uh, he um, he thinks of what they, what animal they look like, and and Marge and I were both puffins. So he put <laughs> the puffins' heads on us. Brilliant. And they're just amazing stylized um, uh, figurative um, objects of of his characters. And he does some amazing work. Very very well observed. Excellent. So it'd probably be him. Yeah. Nice. So there you go. A good a good bunch for me to go and have a look at. That's for yeah. sure. If you wasn't a potter, Keith, what would you like to be? Um, a, an architect. Um, nice. I always thought, I always, you know, and I mean, you know, when I look back and I, you know, in hindsight now, and I think, God, of course I was dyslexic. It's like, I don't know whether you know, but most architects are dysle severely dyslexic. Norman oh, Foster, right? yeah. because they have a much better affinity with volume, uh, shape and form um, uh, and, and, and distance and expanse. If you're ever moving house, Get me to get me to load the van. <laughs> Honestly, Texas yeah, is yeah. my game, and um, so yeah, and I, I wouldn't have mind being an architect. And I get quite a lot of my inspiration from from just walking around London, you know, or yeah. cities, looking at buildings. I love it. So an architect, either that or a bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've not done an architect. I've, I've run a I've run a, um, a company of bouncers for quite some oh, time. Oh, okay, well, yeah. Maybe I could come and work for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've got some sub-questions to finish with. Have you got anything coming up? Yeah, well, obviously, we've got the show coming up in the new year. As I say, I've got the book coming out in um, in February, uh, and then I'm going to do a series of, uh, uh, like, a book tour, and I'm, I'm, I'm at various uh, sort of, um, uh, what, what do you call it, um, literary festivals. Nice. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm doing the Have Literary Fest, Cheltenham, and all, all Edinburgh Festival, and all that. So that'll be that'll be quite good. And then basically the day job, um, designing and making for Make International, and um, you know collaborating with other other artists or illustrators that I feel that we can scale up into ceramics and have their own ceramics ranges. So I'll, you know a lot more of that, and of course filming another Throwdown, I believe, in Excellent. the in the new year, uh, and buying the bloody chapel. Yeah, so, and I, saw, I saw that you're doing textiles as well. Yeah, we do. We, we used to do a lot of textiles, tinware and glassware. Um, and 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 actually, the last year and a half for Make International has been amazing. And um, it's never we've never been busier, which is very yeah. strange. But but as you probably are aware, online has just gone through the roof. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you know we we, we get so many. Um, we get we get so many inquiries now from online that it, we've just been really really busy, so um, yeah, just designing more and and and, and uh, creating more for for, for Make International, yeah. Well, when I was speaking to 
Carolyn Tripp yesterday. She yeah. said to look at the your adverts online that you've made for your, oh, right. for your yeah. new ranges, man. All the bloody and, stupid videos. Oh, brilliant. And I, I was really laughing along with you. They were funny. Well, there you go. I mean, you talk about opportunities. I mean, so we did that. We did an Adele video where I'm dressed as Adele. Brilliant. Cross-dressed. myself. At that that nutter potter, yeah. <laughs> and if you look at the original Adele video, it's very strange. <laughs> she's sitting in a chair in this big uh, mansion, and uh, and she's got this ninja person. <laughs> very, very strange. So we came up with a sub-story of yeah. me being a cross-dressing nutter potter <laughs> who's locked his girlfriend in the basement. <laughs> And he's made all these pots for her and he's smashing them all up. <laughs> and it just so happened that my my business partner, his aunt, he said, oh, my aunt's got this big mansion out in, in Norfolk. <laughs> as you, you do. Know, as you do. <laughs> so off we trot up to this mansion and we filmed this video. And it's that video that really got me the judge on the throwdown. Oh, well, Excellent. So, because Rich McCarrow was working with some woman over in America. He was over there pitching the Bake Off some six years ago now to yeah. various American networks. Yeah. And she said, well, I'm working with these two blokes. One's a bit of a toff and the other blokes are cross-dressing. <laughs> They've just done this video. He goes back to the, 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 the uh, hotel, watches this video, literally phones me up about from the know. hotel room, says, oi, do you want to be a judge on this new programme I'm putting Brilliant. together? And, and the irony is, it had nothing to do with me actually being a potter. No. It had everything to me to do with me singing a stupid, shitty Adele song dressed as Adele. I mean, come on, what are the chances? Brilliant, Adele boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was Man. superb. Yeah, and there's the one also with um, with yeah. Noel Fielding. Well, okay, so so uh, my hostage in the Adele in the Adele video, not something you say every day, but my hostage in the Adele video is his partner, Liana. Oh yeah, yeah. Wonderful girl. So she 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 rocked up and she uh she she was agreed to do be my hostage in this Adele video. And so I got to know Noel quite well. And uh we asked Noel if he would do a video in the studio yeah. as my assistant. And uh, and lo and behold, we filmed we filmed the uh, the glass video, which was great. It yeah. was funny. It yeah. was good. Yeah, he's as mad as he looks. Oh, I've heard. I've yeah. heard several times. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, if I could just tell you a story about my own art practice to do. Yeah, with yeah, please hostages. do. I was doing a project called Walk a Mile. It, it was to do with sort of depression and empathy and that sort of thing. But I would. Um, I put a call out for people who have carried a problem around for a while or a bit of guilt or something like that, you know, Yeah, yeah. to, to write it down and send it to me to sort of get it out of them, if you like, yeah. along with a pair of shoes. And then I would walk a mile in their shoes. Wow. Um, and then read their story. And because of the, um, within the parameters of that, uh, never judge a man to walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah. No one else can judge you, for instance, only I can because I've walked a mile in your shoes. Fantastic. And I'm not going to. But I used to work in the print, right? So I'd come home of a night at like four in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Being on a council estate and sometimes getting high heel shoes, that's the <laughs> ideal time to walk around a council estate in high heel shoes because there's no fucker there to see you, right? That's right, yeah. So obviously I can't, I'm a size 11 and a fat bloke. I can't walk in a pair of size five high heels. Yeah. So 
um, I, I had a bag upstairs, so I'd get the shoes and the, the letter. Yeah. I'd come down, I'd gaffer tape the shoes on. I'd walk half a mile, then walk half a mile back home. Yeah. Document them with a camera, then read the story. And then I had a Stanley knife to cut the um, the gaffer tape off. Yeah, but yeah. I've, I've taken the, the, the picture. It was dark at four in the morning and a flash had gone off. Yeah. Well, as I'm reading the story and I'm sitting in my car, because that was the only place I had to sit down outside the block of flats I was in. Sure. So as I'm sitting reading with my feet out, you know, sitting sideways in the car, reading this story, a police car has come in. <laughs> so I've looked around, but they've come round to me and they've both got out. And they said, why did you take a photograph of us as we drove past? Uh, well, I, yeah. said, I, I said, I didn't see you. So I said, I wasn't taking a photograph of you. I was taking a photograph of a pair of shoes that I had on. <laughs> he, said, he said, why? And then I went, I'm an artist, which normally with most people, that just sort of, as a blanket, I'm about That's to it. say yeah. something weird, you know? Yeah. And he went, yeah. And I went, um, I, I was taking a picture of these shoes. Keith, I hadn't thought of what was about to come. I just opened up this carrier bag. Keith, I had a fucking letter from a woman, a pair of high heel shoes, a <laughs> gaffer tape, a Stanley knife and a camera. I looked like a fucking kidnap kid. Good uh, night out, that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I laughed. As soon as I opened the bag up, I laughed because I just realised yeah, yeah. the irony of what was about to come. They didn't see the funny side of it. And they said, he said, what are you doing with your Stanley knife? I said, it's to cut the gaffer tape off. Why have you got gaffer tape? To gaffer tape oh. the shoes to my feet. And I mean, from a policeman's point of view, who have to, you know, suspect everyone. Of course, of course. Yeah, I, I'm an ex-criminal. <laughs> Not <laughs> looking good, is it? Let's, no, let's put it that the way. The thing is, Keith, I'd put this call out to, on, on Twitter. So at this point, I probably had about, 70 people that had sent shoes to me and right. I had a cupboard outside of my front door yeah. um, that we that I put all of these shoes. And be, I, I could see that they weren't believing me and I, right. I, I could see the trouble that I could get in here. <laughs> so I went, to make it easier, I went, I've got about 70 pairs of them upstairs, yeah. which all of a sudden made me look like a fucking serial killer. Serial killer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they weren't right. having it. And in the end, I, I, I took them upstairs to show them all of these shoes. And it was just getting weirder with every step I was like, moving yeah. along this conversation. And then, like, you know, my partner come out because she heard the noise. What's going on? And they, they asked her what this is. And and they didn't have Twitter on their on their phones, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't have my phone on me. And, um, yeah, it wasn't until my partner come out. And, like, now it's, like, five in the morning. And, and they did end up laughing and joking, you know. But fucking hell, what a situation that could have got me into, you it know. It wasn't looking good, no. <laughs> yeah, so art could have been the death of me, you know. Um, yeah, sorry about that. And, yeah, Kate, where can anyone find what you're doing, your book, your work, be right, it online okay, or well, social media? It'll, all, it'll be in all good bookshops. Um, you, you can, you can pre-order it uh, with Amazon or with Waterstones online. I just type in my name or boy in a china shop and um and yeah just go to my website keithbrimerjones.com uh you can always buy stuff there and and also the book i believe will be available o online as well so yeah i mean uh yeah just type in my name really something something mm -hmm. comes up stilettos or <laughs> <Adele>. <laughs> yeah and the um 
the great pottery throwdown starts, is it the 2nd of January? 2nd of Jan, Sunday night. We're on for an hour and a half this time, I think. Nice. Channel 4 really behind it, so they're really enthusiastic. So, yeah, it's, it's all good, yeah. And that will run for 10 weeks, 10 episodes, yeah. Excellent. I mean, just by chance, before I got in touch with you, I'd already got in touch with a couple of other potters and ceramicists. Yeah, yeah. One being Carolyn Tripp and Claire Partington. Yes, yeah, I've seen um, their work. I wanted to, to sort of group genres together in yeah. this next coming year or at least throw a few together i heard that that the throwdown was coming back on reached out and yeah thank you very much for um no it's it's all back good in touch no absolutely no it's been it's been a pleasure yeah really good well, well we, we might meet face to face one day you never know you can be dressed as Adele when I'll be in some, some high hills. Nice. Let's just hope there's no police cars about. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for your time, mate. I really do appreciate it. All right, cheers. All the best for your book and what you've got coming forward. Thanks, lovey. Cheers. All the See best, you later. mate. Bye. Thank you. Ta-da. <laughs> well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're unable to support us on Patreon... Leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast. Or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Anything is appreciated. But either way, thanks for listening. And until next week, sad art. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.